0: Thank you for listening to this podcast of the teaching of Walford Kaufman. This series is on the book of Revelation. Please get your Bibles out as this episode gives us an introduction of this wonderful book. Well, let's look here in Revelation, the 14th chapter, starting with verse 12. Revelation, the 14th chapter, we're going to be looking at verse 12 here as we begin. This is that second part of the tribulation announcements. And so, the first thing we see here is the saints of God are blessed. The saints of God are blessed. Now, we're blessed, but even these in the tribulation time, with all the persecution, all the troubles going on, I mean, there's everything. The world is falling apart. There's great persecution on believers. They're still blessed. And we see that in verse 12 of chapter 14, Revelation. And this calls for patient endurance on the part of the saints who obey God's commandments and remain faithful to Jesus. So the saints of God are blessed by the way they live. By the way they live. And how do they live? They persevere. They stick with it, folks. They stick with it. See, all those God has elected, called, justified will never lose their faith. Now folks, I want to ask you something. Do you know people like I know that walked into a church, walked out an aisle, joined the church, and you ain't seen them? 30 years. 40 years. 50 years. Now tell me, are they faithful? Hmm? That's like telling my wife, I love you, but i see you in 20 years. That ain't going to cut it with her. And folks, it don't cut it with God. We are to be faithful, and so they persevered. And we see here that death ushers them into the glories of heaven. Oh we get so scared of death. And you know because it's so uncertain. We don't we just don't know. But just think about it. death is that grand <laughs> that grand entrance into the glories of heaven. How are we going to see heaven? How are we going to see the beauty of heaven until we die? And so that's why you see death ushers them in the glories of heaven. No group of believers will face more assaults on their faith. And that's why it says this calls for patience, endurance on the part of the saints. These people have seen the worst of the worst. They can't get anywhere. I mean, we think we got in trouble. We got, we got a guy at work, right? You got, you got a guy at work, you got a lady at work, and they will make fun of you because you went to church. July the 4th, weekend. You went to church? Oh man, why? That, that's nothing compared to what these folks, guns at their head. Oh, you believe in Jesus? Come on. Tell me you love Jesus. That's what these folks are going through. And and we'll talk about more. And so they will uh, face more assaults. And then four, there will be a time limit on their persecution. What does the scripture say about our problems and situations? That we will only have put upon us what we can, what? What we can stand. There's time frames. And we know here in the tribulation, the seven years, there's still just a time frame that you have to go through this. And the saints of God, they were made up of Gentiles and Jews. Gentiles and Jews who are believers in Jesus Christ. And these particular saints, they were saved through the ministries of the two witnesses and the 144,000 evangelists, I would call them. So... They're saved through. Now, folks, preachers preachers don't save anybody. Sunday school teachers don't save anybody. It is Jesus working through people. Billy Graham has never saved a person, but the Lord has worked through him. And so this is what happens. They were saved through the ministries. Here's evidence of their perseverance. Very simple evidence of their perseverance. They kept the commandments. They kept the commandments, God's commandments. Now, can I ask you something? Which commandments are those? What what commandments do you think these are? Ten commandments, right? Why in this day and time, when people say, we don't need to keep the Ten Commandments, because that's Old Testament. Have you heard that? I've heard it. We don't need to keep that because Jesus came and He gave us a new way and we just trust in Jesus. We don't need... Folks, how can we live for Jesus unless we do keep the Ten Commandments? That makes sense? That Ten Commandments is that framework that keeps us on the right path. And so here are people... I mean, this is the time of Revelation, but they still kept the Commandments. And then we see evidence of the perseverance, their faith in Jesus, their faith in Jesus. They trusted them. They didn't, folks. They didn't. They couldn't trust the church because the church by then is going underground. Okay, they, they could not trust. Well, let, let's let's turn on TV and see what Charles Stanley has to say about it. Even though Charles Stanley says some good things, they couldn't trust in Charles Stanley. It hey, wasn't Charles Stanley's said that day? Yes, there was 144,000 evangelists and all this. It's in Jesus Christ. But we see the saints of God are blessed by the way they died. They died. Look at that in verse 13. And then I heard a voice from heaven say, Right, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. And so they are blessed by the way they died. They will die with promise. They will die with promise. Folks, do we have a promise of seeing God? Seeing Jesus? will we be able to see our family and friends if they know Jesus? But the thing about it is, and the way I believe it, is that we're going to get to see our family, but they will be my family as brothers and sisters in Christ. My daddy will be my brother. Isn't that the way it's supposed to be? As we bow down before the throne. And so, by the way they died, they would die with a promise. This Now, if you all get into these kind of figures, here's some notes. You can do this. This is the sixth time in Revelation that John heard a voice from heaven. He's. This is the sixth time he's heard a voice. Three more times he's going to hear a voice again. And the voice commanded John to write. You know that in Revelation, 12 times, John is said, Right. Right. And so, then we see that they will die in the Lord. They will die in the Lord. What a wonderful thing to go to a funeral and that person has died in the Lord. You don't have to question, you don't have to wonder. You know where they are because of their relationship with Jesus Christ. And then we see the Holy Spirit longs for their suffering to end. Yes, thus says the Spirit, they will rest from their labor, for their deeds will follow them. Look at that. Yes says the Spirit. Here in this particular verse, the second part of verse 13, and in Revelation 22:17 are the only two times in the book of Revelation the Holy Spirit speaks. Only two times in the book of Revelation do we have the Holy Spirit speaking. And then it says here that they will rest, they can rest from their labors. Their labors. Now, now you retired folks, I know y'all have worked all day long, so I'm going to go ahead and say that. The rest of you, uh, 8 hour shift, 10 hour shift. Have you worked those 12 hour shifts? If you worked a 12-hour shift and went home and took a little nap and went back and did another 12-hour shift? You know how tired that can be? Can you imagine what these folks, their rest from a difficult, exhausting time? Because think about this. Emotionally. Your body is tired. You're give out. But you're drained also emotionally. Does that make a difference? Have you ever had to go in to clock in at the plant, the office, whatever, and it's been one of the roughest nights of your life? Can you imagine what these folks are feeling? You think about it. They This is a time of torment. This is a time of persecution. Now, many of us, let's say this, suck it up. You can handle it. But here's the thing. You're a daddy. You're a mama. And you see your child being persecuted. You see somebody come up to your mother. Your mother that you love so much and persecute her because she's a believer in Jesus Christ. Folks, we're not talking about slapping somebody against on the wrist. We're talking about persecution. That's what they're going through. They go, their lives will be hard, very difficult, very dangerous. They're just trying to survive. If you noticed those, uh, and I don't watch them, even when that lady from Gaffney was on it, the survivor shows. Have you ever noticed how those folks can lose weight quicker than anything I've ever seen? Why? They're starving. Can you imagine what these folks are going through, these saints... Because let's remember they've not taken the mark of the beast. Because they have not taken the mark of the beast, they're excluded. You cannot be a part of the Lions Club anymore. Well, that's no big deal. Okay, but what about these other things? They cannot purchase food, they can't sell anything. I mean, this is what they're going through. They're they're living a life as fugitives. Uh, they're on the run, they're hiding. Uh, some say there'll be some groups to get together and all this and head up to the mountains. but folks, you still got to eat. you still get sick. That's what all these going, uh, folks are going through. And so I want you to think about this. They've been fighting the good fight for Jesus Christ and now they're tired. Death is a relief, isn't it? It's welcome. That's what these folks are doing. They're welcoming this. And all this. Uh, Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. From now on. And blessed because their deeds follow them. Follow them. I know some of you, like me, got up in age. We blinked an eye and we've gotten older somehow. But if you ever have somebody walk up to you, I remember when you were a kid, you remember what you did? Some of y'all had some family get togethers over the fourth. And you got an aunt, uncle won't forget anything. And they'll come up to you and say, You remember what you did? See so your deeds follow you. These are good deeds. These are deeds that bless the name of Jesus. And so how wonderful this is. Now let's look at the harvest time. And that's the grain harvest. Now I want you to go ahead and make a little note if you want beside these scriptures. But the grain harvest that we're going to look at next is a, a grain that symbolizes the seven bowl judgments. We thought things were coming, but this is the seven bowl judgments would come. Now that grape harvest that's going to come just uh, in a little bit here. Uh, verse 17, I believe, there we, well, I'm to make sure, but anyway, you start seeing this in uh, verse 19. But anyway, that uh, grape harvest is symbolized in the judgment of that word, here it is, Armageddon. So what you got is two different harvests. The first one is the grain harvest, and it represents the seven judgments. And then you got the grape harvest, and that is the battle of Armageddon, and that's going on. But both both of these harvests involves a sickle and reaping. And any y'all got a sickle laying around in your house? I got, a, I got two sides. That's a smaller version. Yeah. I mean, it's the, the, the or a sickle, you break the hand. The side of you use one hand. Just one hand. Yeah, you grab it. And I never seen oh 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 yeah I've seen that in a horror movie. Anyway, uh <laughs> I think that cut a throat on that one on that. But that you know it's, it's got two It's a long handle and got usually a little extension off the handle. You keep it apart and this like you were explaining, that sickle is longer and you just sweep a sweeping motion and just cleans. Uh I grew up on a farm and had so much stuff. And I, I could almost shoot myself of thinking all the farm stuff that, you know, we didn't think anything about. We got rid of. Gave it away. I mean, all that stuff. But I wish I still had something like that. What a uh, illustration we have here. First thing we're we'll going to see here is the reaper. The reaper. Verse 14. I looked and there before me was a white cloud and seated on the cloud was one like a son of man with a crown of gold on his head and a sharp sickle in his hand. So we see here the reaper. And this is Jesus. Fulfillment of Daniel's prophecy. Look at that. Daniel seven thirteen through 14 In my vision at night I looked and there before me was one like a son of man coming with the clouds of heaven he approached the ancient of days and was led into his presence he was given authority glory and sovereign power all nations and peoples of every language worship him his dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away and his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed folks that was in daniel that was prophesied in daniel and here's coming by back in revelation uh, but I want you to also. This is the last time in Scripture Jesus is referred to as the Son of Man. Last time. When's the first time we heard about the Son of Man? When Jesus was born, and how that was something. He here was the here was the Son of God, the King of Kings, Lord of Lords, a little baby placed in a a, a borrowed crib, um, but a manger. But now, look at Him. He's coming in all authority, on a white cloud. And there He is And all He's going to do. And folks, it says there that uh, with a crown of gold on His head, that's the victor's crown. Folks, we don't realize when you start trying to Greek and translating in and all this, uh, you can see crown. A crown could be somebody. I just yeah, yeah, y'all got voted queen of the day. We put a little crown on you. But this particular language right here, this is that crown you put on somebody that has won the race. This is the This is the one that has, what the, the United States women's soccer. You know, are we excited about. It? I actually watched a women's soccer game. It was excited because it was United States. They were victors. This is that kind of crown. But then, look at this as it says, and a sharp sickle in his hand. What well, we see this is a picture of the Lord mowing down his enemy, his enemies. He's mowing them down. I do remember a little bit about a, a sickle that I did see being used to. On farms and all that stuff, Anybody demonstration on this, that thing is sharp. And when it's all it takes is one sweep and it just cleans it just as pretty as could be. This is our Lord. See, right now, look at the junk our Lord has to put up with. Look how people slap the face of Jesus. Hmm? You say, well, Jesus is not right, but look what people say about him. Look at how television uh, puts Jesus. But he's going to have the last say. He's going to clean house. One sweeping motion. And then we see the ripeness. The ripeness. Verse 15. Then another angel. Then another angel, boy, we've had a bunch of them haven't we, came out of the temple and called in a loud voice to him who was sitting on the cloud, take your sickle and reap, because the time to reap has come, for the harvest of the earth is ripe. Here we have the fourth angel mentioned in this one chapter. In the the first three, they proclaimed judgment was coming. I mean, folks, this is God's grace. God's grace is... I'm coming, I'm bringing judgment, I'm a God of wrath, I'm a jealous God. I mean, He's preparing us. We have been warned, we have been told, we've been informed. Three angels have already said, He's coming, He's coming, He's coming. Here's this fourth angel steps in and says, ah, 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 let's do it. The fourth angel came out of the temple and called in a loud voice to Him who was sitting on the cloud, Take your sickle and reap. Because the time is what? The time to reap has come, for the harvest of the earth is ripe. What we see here, the loud voice, authority delegated by God. And I have to question this, because that's Jesus, and this, this, this angel is telling Jesus what to do. No, this is the Father... Telling Jesus, his son, what to do it just happened. This angel was a representative. So we see authority. And then the verb translated ripe actually means dried up or withered. Like my tomato plants right now, my tomatoes. There ain't much to them. They're no good. And that's what's happening in this situation. Uh... There, Yes, it says it's ripe for harvest because it is of no use and only fit to be burned up. This is not one to harvest and to enjoy. This is the one that says, I gave you a chance. I gave you a chance to be saved and you chose not to accept me to be burned. That's what's happening here. That is what's happening here. Uh, the, And then verse 16 So he who was seated on the cloud swung his sickle over the earth, and the earth was harvested. Look at that, the reaping. See, the reaping. You notice I don't have any other things after that? No fanfare. Just look, it's just done. Why not? Jesus says, I'm coming. Jesus said, I'm going to do this. He warned, so why go into big detail? He just did it. He did what his father had told him to do. It's done. It is done. And then, let's look at the harvest time. The grape harvest. The grape harvest. 17 through 20. Another angel came out of the temple in heaven, and he too had a sharp sickle. Still another angel who had charge of the fire came from the altar and called in a loud voice to him who had the sharp sickle. Take your sharp sickle and gather the clusters of grapes from the earth's vine, because its grapes are ripe. And the angel swung his sickle on the earth, gathered its grapes, and threw them into the great winepress of God's wrath. They were trampled in the winepress outside the city, and blood flowed out of the press, rising as high as the horse's bridles for a distance of 1,600 stadia. Hmm? What translation do y'all have? 200 miles? Hmm? 180? I've heard 180. 200. We're talking about that mass land of Armageddon. You notice it says here, they were uh, they were trampled in the winepress outside the city. See, this blood is not going to be in Jerusalem. This blood is going to be on the field of Armageddon. And so that's what many believe there. The judgment will take place at the battle of Armageddon. But if you notice here how it said, first an angel came out of the temple in heaven and he had a sharp sickle. And then still another angel who had charge of the fire. See, it's already one to cut it down and one to destroy. And so there they came from the altar. The seer, see here, the reaper here is an angel. That other, that other harvest, that, that was Jesus. Here is an angel. The angel will be a part of this work here and all. Uh, the strange thing, uh, many people think that God, uh, through Jesus, will be the one in the battle. See, Jesus is going to sit back. His angel is going to take care of Armageddon. He's the one that's going to be taken care of. I mean, he's just going to sit back because he is the victorious one. And so the reaper here is an angel. But notice where the angel came from. That... Uh, Still, another angel who had charge of the fire came from the altar. Do you remember this altar that we had earlier in the book of Revelation? The martyrs. It represented the martyrs, and guess what? And prayers. Prayers of the saints. Prayers of the martyrs. Those who had given their lives for the Lord and their prayer life. And so here we see the angel came out from the altar. And so, praise God, the prayer of the saints have been answered. Have you ever prayed, Lord, please, please take care of this evil one? Guess what? There's going to come a day that prayer will be answered. I mean, how many of you prayed for Satan to get off your back? Probably prayed that today, didn't you? Guess what? He's going to get off your back one day. And so all this is happening. But the word ripe here is a different ripe. You know, the other one was dried up, withered, not of any use. This particular ripe is a picture of earth's wickedness about to burst. About to burst. And I tell you what, when you look at the newspapers, uh, listen to the news and all this stuff, is the world about to bust open with sin? I mean, how much more perversion? I better not say that. Because the time I say that, tomorrow morning we'll look at the newspaper and there'll be more perversion than we've ever seen before. So what's happening here? This whole world is, with all the sin, is about to burst forth. And what happens here? They take that sickle and, and, and then they gather the cluster of grapes. That's the unbelievers. And then they put, and what? They gather them and threw them into the grape wine press. And folks, when I'm talking about wine press, I'm not talking about I love Lucy jumping around on a bunch of grapes. Y'all remember that show? I'm talking about they said massive stones that were put together and crush. But what flows out of that is the blood of the unbelievers. The blood of those who've not trusted the Lord. Better way to say it, those who have rejected Jesus Christ. The blood will flow out. Like I said, the city of Jerusalem will not be affected. It is that great valley. You remember that great valley where the people of this earth have gathered to fight Jesus? I'm not my arm again. That's what it is, folks. I mean, we're not talking about all oh, good and bad. We're talking about the people of the world who said they can fight God. And they come forth. And this is what's going to gather And they said, and it gets us high, what, as a horse's bridle for 180, 200 plus mile radius. Now, folks, a horse's bridle, how high would that be? Is that enough? It would be a lake of blood of those who have not trusted Jesus, rejected Him. And so, there we see this. But praise God, this is the harvest of righteousness. Of righteousness. God is in control. He has the last say. I mean, blood can't say much, but it's done. It's finished. It is finished. God is victorious. And so the reaping will produce a massive Blood bath. Isn't it something? It takes the blood of Jesus to save us. Right? It takes the blood of Jesus to save us. But in the end, in Armageddon, there will be a whole valley of blood by those who said no to Jesus. There you see in Psalm 2, verse 12 Kiss his son, or he will be angry. And your way will lead to your destruction. But His wrath can flare up in a moment. Blessed are all who take refuge in Him. That's in Psalm. But it tells us even in Psalm that uh, we need to bless the name of Jesus. We need to bless the name of Jesus. Yeah, you know, How many times y'all have y'all heard about the Battle of Armageddon? Hmm? The Battle of Armageddon. The truth is that title should be changed. It's not going to be a battle. It's going to be the slaughter of Armageddon. Slaughter. Because God is victorious. I want you to think about some of the struggles you're going through right now in your life. And you know it's Satan attacking you. Satan is using evil people to attack you. Just think, one day, you're going to be victorious. You're going to be victorious. Now, these saints had to go through the persecution. We, as believers, have to go through times of trials and troubles. But there is victory. There is victory.